Hi, everyone. I'm Jen Malott, a partner in the antitrust practice at Freshfields in Washington and Brussels, and you're listening to the Essential Antitrust Podcast. Right now, the whole world is focused on generative AI, both with respect to its almost unlimited potential across all aspects of our lives, but also with respect to the difficult question of whether and how it should be regulated. Today, I'm going to hand over the reins of the podcast to a group of partners who are going to talk through how enforcers across the US, EU, UK, and China are thinking about this difficult issue in the medtech space in particular. Hosting our discussion today is Vanita Kalasanath, who is a life sciences transactions partner and the leader of our Freshfields medtech practice. Also joining us is Justin Stewart Teitelbaum, an antitrust partner in Washington who handles investigations of mergers and acquisitions and civil conduct investigations before the Federal Trade Commission and the DOJ Antitrust Division. We also have Nanette Dodu, an antitrust partner in our Beijing office, who's the leader of our antitrust practice in China. And last but not least, we have Ricky Haria from our London office, also a competition partner who assists clients before the EU and UK competition regulators and courts across a full range of competition law matters. Now, I'm going to hand things over to Vanita to guide the discussion, but Vanita, maybe to get us started, you could give us some of your thoughts on how generative AI is being used in the medtech and healthcare space in the first place. Delighted to be here with everyone. In terms of how generative AI is being used in medtech and healthcare, there are a couple of really interesting trends going on right now. I, I think I'll focus on the two that I find particularly exciting. One is around the reduction of the burden on healthcare professionals, and the other is really just on increasing the pace of biopharma innovation. So starting with the first one in terms of how we reduce the burden on healthcare professionals, when coming out of the pandemic, burnout is just such a key issue that's top of mind for physicians. I'm really excited by some of the neat applications of generative AI, as well as broader AI solutions, where companies are looking at ways of partnering with infrastructure providers in the healthcare space to really reduce the administrative burdens on HCPs so that they can really focus on patient care. This can be through tech applications where you can integrate some of these generative AI tools into you know, clinical note-taking, for example, so then physicians don't have to spend hours and hours after their shifts logging their notes into an EHR. We're also seeing a number of different tech players experimenting with LLMs and other generative AI tools in clinical research and clinical settings. And the notion is that you can really enable these healthcare providers to both carry out their administrative and their diagnostic functions more efficiently, with greater accuracy, and in a way that really gets them back to the actual practice of medicine and patient care. I think in a, in a parallel track, we're seeing biopharma companies of all sizes using generative AI tools to advance and speed up the drug discovery and development process. I mean, this is tremendously exciting. What we're seeing is that efforts which maybe would take years to result in a phase one clinical trial for, let's say, an anti-cancer molecule, you can do that drug discovery and development in the space of months, like six to eight months, as opposed to years. 
And, you know, as we look at the broader issues confronting um, the aging population, interest in personalized medicine, that intersection of generative AI with some of these discovery and development processes is, I think, nothing short of revolutionary. So I think we're going to see a lot of traditional tech, traditional life sciences, and other players really working hard to facilitate the integration of generative AI tools to revolutionize healthcare for patients and for providers. So how are regulators currently responding to the advances in AI? Justin? Sure. Thanks, Anita. I mean, it, it's similar. It's, it's a dynamic area. And I would say that the regulators are responding, at least in the first instance, in a broad way. For example, in April, the U.S. Department of Justice, Federal Trade Commission, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and Equal Employment Opportunity Commission issued a joint statement regarding AI itself. In their statement, the agencies pledged to, quote, come together to ensure that the use of advanced technologies, including artificial intelligence, remain consistent with federal laws. Specifically, the agencies underscored the commitment to uphold civil rights, fair competition, consumer protection, and equal opportunity amid AI's rapid growth. In a separate statement that same month, FTC Chair Lena Khan noted that technological advances can deliver critical in innovation, but claims of innovation must not be covered for lawbreaking. And the FTC will vigorously enforce the law to combat unfair or deceptive practices or unfair methods of competition. Additionally, in March, Jonathan Cantor, the head of the antitrust division of the U.S. Department of Justice, indicated that the agency was taking a focused interest in the growth of AI. Notably, Cantor stated that the Justice Department understood the importance of understanding AI as a tool and was continuing to hire data scientists to enable the agency to better understand the technology. So while there's no direct action on the books yet from the U.S. authorities, it's clear they have their eyes set firmly on better understanding the technology before they undertake potentially cutting-edge investigations and enforcement. Nanette? So China is also closely following the generative AI developments and has similarly started to take action to oversee the use of generative AI. For example, in April 2023, China's internet enforcer, the Cyberspace Administration of China, or CAC, published draft measures on managing generative AI services. These draft measures, if adopted by the CAC, would establish a regulatory framework for generative AI services. There are several obligations, and amongst them, worth of note, under the draft measures, is a requirement that service providers not utilize, for example, algorithms and data to engage in unfair competition. So this illustrates the clear interface between antitrust and generative AI that we've been talking about. Ricky? Unsurprisingly, AI regulation has also been a hot topic in Europe. Governments recognize the immense value and benefits that AI can bring to businesses, consumers in the economy. And in that context, we're seeing a lot of ongoing thinking and proposals about the best approach to regulating AI, both to facilitate these benefits, but also think about how it may be best to mitigate any possible harms and risks. Given how nascent and rapidly moving the AI space is, there's a recognition amongst many that overregulation could undermine innovation incentives and even deter investment within particular countries in AI. So on the UK side, while the approach is still being debated, the most recent UK government white paper, which was published at the end of March this year, reflected a desire to establish a nimble and light touch governance for AI. The key aspects involve no new generally applicable AI laws, but instead the establishment of a regulatory framework 
And that consists of five overarching principles that existing UK regulators will need to apply and think about in relation to their ongoing activities. And those principles are based around safety, security, and robustness, transparency and explainability, fairness, accountability and governance, and finally, contestability and redress. And it envisages more of a limited role for the government in centralised coordination and monitoring of the new regulatory framework. So the approach of relying largely on existing laws and regulations and encouraging existing regulators in the UK, including the Competition Authority, the Financial Conduct Authority, the UK Data Protection Authority, and also Ofcom, the UK Telecommunications Authority, to apply these certain principles is, is definitely a more light-touch approach. Although one issue we can foresee is that it provides quite a lot of discretion to regulators, and therefore there is a concern that there could be less certainty or at least greater unpredictability in how regulators act in this space. And indeed, we've already seen the CMA, for example, spring into action with an initial review of AI foundation models. And Sarah Cardell, the chief executive of the CMA, has noted that the CMA's goal is to help this new rapidly scaling technology develop in ways that ensure open, competitive markets and effective consumer protection. In contrast, we see the EU pursuing quite a different approach. The European Commission has proposed regulation to establish harmonised rules for artificial intelligence in the form of the AI Act, which is expected to be finalised and enacted towards the end of the year. At its core, the AI regulation focuses on how AI will be used and proposes more of a sliding scale of rules based around risk, where the higher the perceived risk, the stricter the rule. And it therefore differentiates between different uses of AI that creates either what it considers to be an unacceptable risk a high risk or more of a low or minimal risk, with higher risk AI systems likely to be required to comply with several mandatory requirements before the system can actually be placed on the market or put into service or before its output can be used in the EU. And there are a number of rules being considered around risk management, data government, record keeping, transparency and oversight. And it's clear that the EC is looking to work quite closely with the US on this area of AI regulation. What's the current regulatory landscape applicable to AI? Ricky would love to hear your thoughts first. So the UK Competition Authority has been a particular thought leader in this space. It's published a number of research papers on algorithms and also works alongside other UK regulators in order to map out areas where it considers there could be particular risks. And what we've seen is a focus on, on three main areas. Firstly, the types of data and the volume of data feeding into AI models. And here... What's interesting is that there's a real combination of IP, antitrust, data privacy, and consumer protection considerations, which are being considered in a more holistic fashion. For example, we see regulators thinking about what user or third-party data flows into models and the extent to which this has been explained to users and third parties. Secondly, we see a big focus on the transparency and auditing of AI models so that consumers and third parties understand how AI models are being used and how they may be impacted by their use. And similarly, we see authorities pushing for new powers that would give them a greater ability to interrogate and investigate algorithms. Finally, what we see is a focus on outcomes flowing from AI models. So authorities are really honing into the idea of whether outcomes are fair or unfair. And this means businesses need to be making sure that they are regularly looking at how models are trained and whether the outcomes or output may be perceived to be unfair, even if that's inadvertent. For example, there could be issues around whether there are biases or discrimination against particular customer groups, or whether certain groups and customers of groups may be considered to be vulnerable and therefore at risk to particular outputs. Justin? 
Another potential theory of harm involves collusive conduct. Collusive conduct occurs when competitors agree on a particular strategic course of action, reducing the competition between them. Collusive conduct can come in a few forms, including agreements to set prices for certain goods, like price fixing, agreements to determine the winner of a bidding process, bid rigging, or agreements among competitors to divide the market among themselves, a market allocation. Early cases are emerging targeting competitors who have allegedly used pricing recommendation software to artificially set prices for hotel rooms and homes in the U.S. Theoretically, as more platforms adopt those AI pricing mechanisms, we could see similar cases popping up in different industries, including in medtech and healthcare. Potential collusion in the medtech healthcare space could take many forms. Linked systems between potential competitors could inadvertently or intentionally result in the flow of competitively sensitive information. This could impact pricing algorithms and other areas. AI-driven pooling of clinical trial data could theoretically lead to strategic collusion. Additionally, on the consumer protection front, antitrust authorities are increasingly using their consumer protection law powers to prevent consumer harms. For example, the US FTC has announced it intends to enforce its unfair methods of competition statute, known as Section 5 of the FTC Act, more vigorously, and the UK CMA's Digital Markets Unit actively looks at consumer manipulation issues. Where generative AI leads to consumers being manipulated into dark patterns or being discriminated against because of built-in bias, authorities may tackle these issues with their consumer law powers, in addition to the antitrust powers that they are already utilizing. So Nanette, what may medtech companies or others active in the space have to anticipate moving forward? Well, in the China context, I think first point to make, picking up on the points that both Justin and Ricky made, is that in China, collusive conduct and consumer protection are also equally of interest and of concern. Taking collusion, for example, SAMR, the State Administration for Market Regulation, China's antitrust authority, in its anti-monopoly guidelines for the platform economy and in recent provisions on prohibition of monopoly agreements or anti-competitive agreements, has signaled that AI can be used for anti-competitive outcomes or indeed AI can be used to facilitate cartels. So the kinds of issues, the kinds of points around algorithmic collusion are issues of paramount concern and interest in the China context. And of course, also the real question is how one balances clear efficiencies driven by these AI solutions versus anti-competitive conduct that could arise as a result of algorithmic collusion. In the consumer space, SAMR is also looking into potential consumer harms that arise as a result of the use of AI. And it's looking at this through the lenses of China's anti-unfair competition law. The areas that are likely to be of interest include algorithms used to analyze user preferences or transaction habits, which can facilitate discrimination. The second point to make is that clearly what these examples show and illustrate is that medtech as such is likely to be an area of interest. And although we haven't currently seen any public cases in China specifically related to medtech, it's important to note medtech sits at the intersection between the healthcare industry and the digital sector. And I make this point for two reasons. Firstly, healthcare, farm, and generally life sciences sector is sensitive and is on SAMR's radar. As an example, on the 15th of June earlier this year, SAMR asked 
China's pharmaceutical companies to review their business practices. And this followed a series of fines that SAMR has imposed in recent months. Similarly, in the digital sector, this has also been an enforcement priority. Indeed, as evidenced by the amendments to China's anti-monopoly law, which came into effect last year, which in part focused on the digital sector, which included language around expressly prohibiting the use of algorithms and data to engage in anti-competitive conduct. Ricky? Countries are clearly racing to regulate AI or at least secure a role in the ongoing debate. So it's important for businesses that currently do or will use AI to keep abreast of the evolving legal and regulatory landscape so they can plan properly. For example, we've recently seen Rishi Sunak, the UK Prime Minister, make his first trip to visit the White House, where amongst other topics, he and President Joe Biden discussed artificial intelligence. Following on from that, Rishi Sunak announced the first global AI safety summit in the UK, which will take place later in the year. But we don't see regulation as being a blocker to using AI. Clearly, governments want companies to be harnessing the benefits. And we see many creative solutions that can be employed to use AI in a way that doesn't generate unnecessary legal risks. It's something that we're regularly speaking to businesses about, as we have a connected and joined up team that's able to look broadly at the various issues, whether it's from an IP, data privacy, antitrust, ethics, or more broader regulatory lens. I think that's such an interesting point around that intersection of data and antitrust and competition concerns, you know, in terms of stepping back and thinking more broadly about what meta companies and others active in the space have to anticipate moving forward. I think that interplay of IP, data and antitrust and how companies really navigate an incredibly complex growing patchwork of laws and regulations and guidances with respect to AI across the world is just going to be something that we're all paying a lot of attention to. I think you're hearing that regulators are going to seek to optimize the use of AI using some very broad principles are going to be attuned to addressing potential risks that are inherent in the development and use of these AI solutions. But it's such a thorny and complex issue that I think it's in a way like whack-a-mole where maybe you're focused in one instance on some of the inputs and you know some of the concerns where if you're putting in biased data, you're going to result in biased outcomes. And, and do you actually know how some of the outcomes are, are flawed? And so I think we're going to see a lot of interest in how we work together to reduce bias in digital health technologies and uh, the data sets that are being used to train some of these models. I, I think in the US where we still don't have comprehensive government regulation of AI, we'll see probably increasing calls for institutional commitments to algorithm vigilance, which are scientific methods and activities relating to evaluating, monitoring, and understanding and preventing bias of algorithms, particularly in the in the healthcare setting. And I think we'll see, as Justin and, and others have pointed out, interest from various regulators, certainly at the federal level, although I, I, I'm guessing um, also in various states and other jurisdictions where we're going to see heightened protections for consumer health data um, that maybe falls within some of the gaps of some other existing regulations. So 
would love to hear folks' uh, final takeaways as we near the end of our time together. Nanette? The future offered by AI, and specifically generative AI, is promising and has the potential to truly revolutionize how many of us go through everyday life. In the medical field, there are tremendous opportunities in innovation and research, diagnostics and clinical development that has the potential to improve patient outcomes going forward. And companies investing in generative AI should think about existing good consumer data and antitrust practices through the design process to make sure they innovate effectively. Today, of course, we focused on antitrust very much and consumer protection issues. Another area and potentially the focus of another podcast is foreign direct investment, which is increasingly becoming important and relevant in this context. Justin. Yeah, I, I think from, from my perspective, sitting here in the U.S. and thinking about the dynamic nature of this, it's just important to pay attention to the current law and how will it be applied in the generative AI context and in the med tech and healthcare space. It is going to develop very fast and keeping abreast of current events, current enforcement actions will be critical to sort of steering compliance with the enforcement agenda of the FTC, the DOJ and certain states. Great thoughts, everyone. You know, one of my takeaways from our conversation today is that it's not a matter of if, but when, both when it comes to deployment of generative AI in a variety of these areas, as well as when regulators uh, start deploying their latest thinking and and their assessment of of where consumers and others really need protection in this complex area. So I think innovators in the space will be really well served if they have best practices, guardrails that really allow them to harness the potential of generative AI while having a kind of clear-eyed understanding of its limitations. So thanks for joining us for this installment of the Antitrust Essentials podcast from Freshfields.